All right, welcome back to Baseball Banter. I'm your host, Justin Ginelli. Today is Thursday, April 8th, which means we are one week into the Major League Baseball season. Every team has played about six or seven games, with the exception of the Washington Nationals and the New York Mets. Um, that first series was postponed due to some COVID uh, positives on the Washington Nationals, and they had to start their series in, their season late. Uh, against the Atlanta Braves this past week. And then the Mets were in Philadelphia on Monday to play a three-game set with the Phillies. So there's been a lot going on in this first week, including some injuries, some news. Uh, and also today, like I said, being April the 8th, 2021, it is the anniversary of Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's all-time home run record when he hit his 715th against Al Downing of the Los Angeles Dodgers on this day in 1974. I mean, just think about it. It's been 47 years since Aaron broke the record in, in Fulton County Stadium back on that uh, Monday night, and it was a nationally televised game, so a lot of people got a chance to see it. It, you know, it was obviously a packed house at Fulton County Stadium. There was a lot of anticipation. Um, on opening day, he had hit number seven fourteen, I believe that was uh, April the fourth, and that was his opening home run in Cincinnati. Was the home run that tied Babe Ruth at seven fourteen. So on this day, Aaron hits number 715. Uh, you know, he runs around the bases. You always see the video of the two crazy guys going onto the field, patting Aaron on the back and then being mobbed by his teammates. And 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 some of the and some of the powerful uh the powerful uh calls by the announcers including uh Vince Scully who has, obviously was doing the Dodgers uh, broadcast that year, as he did for many, many years. Uh, I'm going to get the Braves broadcaster's name, because you hear that, you hear that clip a lot. It was, let me get his name. It's not Don Sutton. Uh, going to uh, and, and the Braves broadcaster Milo Hamilton with his call. And there's a new home run champion of all time. And it's Henry Aaron. That that was a famous call. Uh, you hear that one more than you hear the Vince Scully call. And, and for, you know, for good reason. I mean, he was the Atlanta Brave announcer. But, you know, we can certainly appreciate uh, Vince call as an all-time, to me, the greatest broadcaster in sports history. Uh, certainly baseball history, you know, with the Dodgers. He, and he did a lot of national uh, where he worked worked World Series. You know, he had the famous gets by Buckner call in the, in the 1986 World Series between the Mets and the Red Sox. And, you know, it was fitting that he was on hand. And this came in the fourth inning. And, you know, you know they were booing. 
the fans were booing when he got walked in the first inning by Downing, and because they want they wanted to pitch to him. they wanted him to hit the home run, and for good reason. And then he finally becomes the home run champion, which lasted until two thousand and seven when Barry Bonds hit number seven fifty six off of Mike Bassick on August the seventh. But on so on this day, the very famous Hank Aaron home run number seven fifteen. All right, so lots to get to in terms of around the league, and I guess we'll briefly get this one out of the way because I, I'm not mixing. I refuse to mix sports and politics, but I will uh, briefly give my thoughts on Atlanta moving the All Star game. It's, it's it's a very loaded question. I know a lot of this was due to some of the voter restriction laws that were put in place uh, by governor by Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. And look, you could read into it however you want. Um, I think some of the things, if you read that, you know, and I'm not going to read the whole 92, 94 pages, whatever the hell it is. I, I just don't. I don't live in that state, so it doesn't affect me. I live in New York. And, um, but, you know, some of it seemed unfair. Some of it seemed like a, a crock of you-know-what. And I don't know. I there was just so many, there was a lot of unhappy people. There was a lot of outrage over it. And hey, rightfully so. If, if people have a, you know people have a right to be upset about something, uh, they're allowed to express that. And they you know and there's a lot of Georgia, uh, Georgia residents who do did oppose to that and were upset with it. As far as Major League Baseball is concerned, I, I think they were fearful of a player boycott. And you know, you know, each player, you know, each player is in their, is their own individual, so they have their own feelings towards it. And yeah, there might not have been enough people, might not have been enough players who were comfortable with the game and with the game and the All Star game in Atlanta, um, with all this going on. Now, I do understand the downside to doing this, but you're also doing this a few months in advance. It's not like the All-Star game is next week, but, you know, they, there are a lot of businesses who will be losing money, and that and that's not something to sneeze at. That's something, uh, you know, you can't take lightly because, you know, these people live off, you know, they live off the tourism, and they live off of people flocking to the city for big events, and, you know... You know why do you think Super Bowl week is one of the most profitable weeks in in a, in a city's uh, fiscal year? Because you know no matter what city it is, and and Atlanta had the Super Bowl uh, not too long ago. You know in a city like Indianapolis, you know when when it's a city you don't normally go to. You know and I don't know I've never been to Atlanta, so I can't really comment on the city one way or the other. But you know when you go to a city uh, that has a major event, whether it's the it's it's a professional all star game, whether it is the Super Bowl. Um, there's so many businesses that make so much extra profit that they wouldn't normally uh, on a you know on a normal day to day basis. So uh, you know I do feel for a lot of those people um, who are losing you know their money. It's you know it's it's a it's a big hit, 
and it's it's tough it's tough to really sell that in a pandemic but you know MLB felt compelled to make this decision and you know they're sticking to their guns about it and that's really all I have to say about it um the All-Star game will be in Denver it will now be at Coors Field so they are the new hosts and you know and then those businesses will get a revenue boost um during that week but, I mean, needless to say, you know, it's, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough decision on everybody's part, and it's tough to really gather, you know, I, you know, and I'll give you, and I'm giving you my best, my best opinion of it, but, you know, and, and I don't want to, I'm not one to stir the pot, you know, I'm not going to say something too crazy that's so outlandish that is going to draw a lot of people in. Um, so that's really all I'll have to say about it. Um, so that's number two. So number one, we celebrated the anniversary of Hank Aaron's major home run, number 715. Number two, the All-Star game moving from Atlanta to Denver. Number three is some of the major injuries that we have seen over the first uh, few days of the season. Now we saw, you know, some guys... Not being able to start the season, like uh, Sixto Sanchez, um, you saw for uh, you saw George Springer get hurt in spring training. So, got you know guys like those are currently on the injured list to start the season. But you know, then you see the injury to Fernando Tatis on I believe it was uh, Monday night or so, and you know he took that violent swing and. You know, he went down in a heap, and it didn't look good. But, you know, so far the MRI um, results are a little bit better than they they were expecting. And so, so far, there are no, there's no surgery on the table for Fernando Tatis. But I still think it's going to be a while before you see him. And that's going to take a hit to the San Diego Padres because, you know, we had, you know, we expect them to have a really big year. We, you know, I, I didn't personally think they could compete for the National League West Division title, but that's only due to the fact that uh, the Dodgers are so freaking good, and you know, they're going to continue to just win a, a boatload of games. You know, they're off to a very fast start at five and two, entering tonight, and. So, but it's a big loss for the Padres because now they're going to be, you know, you know, they're likely to be in the wild card hunt, and you know, everyone is crucial, especially when you're in the wild card hunt, because only two teams can get it. You know, we'll see how good the Mets are. We'll see how good the uh, Nationals are. We'll see how good the Phillies are because the Phillies are off to a great start too. We'll get to them in a little bit, but you know, my point being is. You know, he's so good that he, you know, his loss really weakens the lineup. Despite having Eric Hosmer, who's off to a fast start, uh, Manny Machado, who's a star, Will Myers, who's a decent hitter, uh, Tommy Pham, you know, they have they have a really good lineup, and, you know, you're going to probably get uh, the rookie, uh, Sung Kim, to probably play shortstop every day. And so, you know, in the long run, I think they're going to be fine, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to see 
how uh, how how they react as a team. So that that's another thing to watch. Uh, also, other injuries uh, we saw t uh, James Paxton go down. That that was that was not a good thing to see, um, and, and now it looks like he has recommended uh, Tommy John surgery. And that's a brutal blow to James Paxton because he's battled so many injuries over the last couple of years. And, you know, especially the last season with the Yankees. And it really hits it really hits hard because, you know, here, here's a guy probably at the point where he's trying to save his career. And then he... And then he gets, and then he gets this uh, forearm injury, and and now his season is down the drain. So I mean, it's it's really it's really sad to watch. Um, the White Sox they've dealt with injuries. Uh, you saw Eloy Jimenez is a late spring training injury, um, and then Sunday night, Tim Anderson. Suffered a hamstring injury running down to first base. And that's one thing you always have to watch early in the season, especially in April, are these hamstring injuries. And another hamstring that looked to fail him was Ketel Marte of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, he is on the 10-day injured list as well. You know, there's just so many names on the injured list to start this year. And you know it's tough, and and the other thing is we don't, and we don't know what the and we don't know what the status of Aaron Judge is. Manager Aaron Boone said that he is dealing with a sore left side, and has been dealing with the wear and tear of the first week of the season. I got news for you: if you're dealing with wear and tear during the first week of the season, I, I don't know how healthy you really are, because you know it's all it's not like they've played twenty games. The Yankees have played you know, six or, you know, I think judges played like five or, you know, five or so games. So, I mean, if you have wear and tear uh, after that many games, then something might be up. So, we'll see. Um, Boone said he probably will, pro will provide a report tomorrow morning. And, you know, and we'll find out. The Yankees play an afternoon game tomorrow at uh, 3.05. I believe they're opening up. A home schedule for somebody. Let's see. Yeah, I think it's the right tomorrow's the race home opener at three ten. So they are playing an afternoon game tomorrow. So we'll see whether or not Aaron judges in the lineup. But you know, he's a guy who has to be healthy too. So you know, it's critical he plays one hundred and fifty games because we're closing in on the part where it the debate about what kind of contract you're going to give Aaron Judge begins because he's got this season where he's in his second arbitration year, and then 2022 is his third and final arbitration season, which means he's a free agent at the end of the 22 season, and the Yankees are going to have to pay him unless they're going to let him walk, and somebody's going to have to pay him some money. But what kind of contract is he going to look for? I mean, you can't, you, you can't just straight up tell me he's going to get a $200 million contract when, yes, he's a deserving player. He's a great player when he's on the field. But you can't trust him to stay on the field. And, 
you're now now you're wondering about how much he's gonna get. He's gonna be thirty three by the time he gets free agency because he played in college and he was there for a while, so he came up late. You know, unlike Francisco Lindor, Lindor was about to hit free agency at twenty seven years old, and that just does not happen often. I mean, you saw Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, get to free agency at twenty six because they came up when they were nineteen years old. You know, not everybody does that, and it makes it makes the second contract that much harder when you're not somebody who's consistent, consistently on the field, and you're and you're somebody who's always getting hurt. So I think that's something that plays against Darren Judge, and we'll see what his status is uh, moving forward. So, you know, my my takeaway number three is all the injuries. It's it, it sucks. I hate watching it, and. You know, I understand it's part of the game and everything, but it just sucks seeing so many good players hurt right now. Um, you know, Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts are dealing with some injuries right now. They're not on the injured list. They're day-to-day right now. And, uh, you know, Dave Roberts is keeping tabs on them. They've, you know, it's been a couple of days, but, you know, they're holding a float so far. Yesterday was a, was a disastrous loss to the Oakland A's, uh, a team who had started 0-6. By with Jansen blowing the save in the ninth inning, and then they won it in the tenth after the Dodgers failed to score with the man on second base, and that's a perfect lead into topic number four, the rule about starting a man starting with a man on second base in extra innings is a rule that's got to go. I cannot stand the runner on second base starting it just. It's not real baseball. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? You're, it's a, it's a Fukakta runner on second base, the guy who gets the last out of the previous inning. He starts on second base. I get it. Okay, I kind of understand why they're doing it. You know, managers like it because they don't have to play 17, 18 inning games where they're, where they're running. You know, you know, running out, you know, pitchers left and right, and they don't want they don't want to have to use their entire bullpen in one day. So you know, when you're playing 17, 18 innings, you're going to be doing that because there's most of your bullpen guys are only doing one inning at a time. So you run through that bullpen extremely fast, and you know, especially in the National League, where where the pitcher is hitting this year. You know, unfortunately, I think it'll be gone next year. I'm going to lose that battle of the the pitcher hitting in the National League, but uh, whatever. That's not the, that's not one of the topics tonight. Um, but this extra inning rule, I get it. They want to end the game in the tenth or eleventh inning. They don't want it to go too long. But I just you learn how to learn how to string hits together. Honestly. Let's let's stop. Try, let's stop trying to make this game what it's not. And with that, and the seven inning, uh, the seven inning doubleheaders are just a bunch of crap. It's fake baseball. You stop playing seven innings, and in, you stop playing seven innings in freaking high school. Let's get with the program. College baseball is nine innings. Now I now I think they do the rule where they play seven inning doubleheaders as well. And I, and I know seven inning doubleheaders have been uh, in the minor leagues 
for a few years now, but it just stopped. This is the major leagues. We're, let's play nine innings. I don't care whether it's a doubleheader, tripleheader, or not. Baseball is nine freaking innings. Come on. Let's get with the program, people. So those are two you know, those are two rules that they gotta get rid of. Alright, topic number five. Where where the hell was I? Um you know, my overall takeaways of the weekend is let, let's not overreact. It is the first weekend of the major league first week of the major league season. Uh some teams are out to a bit of a slow start. Uh like the Braves who are two and four. Um let's calm down with them. Let's not worry about them. You know, I'm not you know, nobody nobody's worried about the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, nobody's worried you know I think we might be a little bit worried about Oakland because that was something that wasn't super expected. Um you know, let's not worry about too many things yet in terms of uh teams and individuals off to a slow start. Because it's it's such a long season and there's so many games that have to be played. You know, everything eventually evens evens itself out and you know the overreactions are you know they're funny but at the same time it's you know it's really not anything to be concerned about all right so who was i impressed with in this first week i got to start by going with your mean mercedes of the chicago white Sox. i mean the dude starts 8 for 8 to start his career he is absolutely crushing it this year. And, you know, he got one at bat last year, made his debut uh, by only getting one at bat. He got out, by the way. And comes up this year, and he's all of a sudden just absolutely raking it. You know, I mean, his game log, he's three for four, one for five, three for four, uh, one for five, two for four. Hit a home run today against the Kansas City Royals. I believe that was his... Oh, he doesn't want to show that. Or the ESPN Fantasy app doesn't want to show that. Stats. Mercedes is batting 556 with now two home runs, seven RBIs, and a 1.460 OPS. I mean, that is just ridiculous. But again, I said let's not overreact about the teams who are struggling let's not overreact about the players and teams that are doing good but i i will take out that i am impressed with that start to his career i know obviously it'll it'll come back to earth fairly soon and you know he's not going to continuously hit 556 i mean that's not a patient that's not a patient you can sustain and i mean look will i mean will they Will he hit well this year? I think so. And I think, you know, I think he might have a good season. Could be a, in the Rookie of the Year conversation. I know my pick was Randy Arozarena of the Tampa Bay Rays. But with that, that's such a long way away that, you know, we'll get into that conversation uh, very soon, uh, you know, more down the road, too. Jonathan India of the Reds is another guy who has gotten off to a great start. This is another young rookie as well. He's got 10 RBIs. And, my God, the Reds have scored a ton of runs 
to start the season. Uh, I think they got to be, you know, they're and they're plus thirty one on the run differential too. I mean, they're just absolutely mashing the ball. Whether it's India with the with the ten RBIs or uh, Nicholas Castellanos with the four or five bombs, you know the Reds are the Reds are mashing early, and you know they're they're not a team I thought was they're a team I thought wasn't that wasn't going to be great this year, but you know obviously they're off to a quick start, so they've been impressive so far. But you know let's not overreact. We will see where they go. We'll see where they go as the season wears on, because I you know I do still believe that that's the Cardinals' division to lose. And they're off to a five and two start. Nolan Arenado homer today for the Cardinals. Let's see how many? Let me see how many that was. Let me get a score. Okay, they beat they beat the Brewers three to one today. And Nolan Arenado is second home run of the season. So Nolan Arenado is starting to get it going, and it's going to be a ferocious middle of the order. That is one thing. That is one of my early takeaways that I will not that will that is not an overreaction because Nolan Arenado is a great player and Nolan Arenado is a player who you know is a great Gold Glover. He is a monster power hitter, a guy who has led the league in RBIs many of times, and you know he's a guy that's going to really bring thunder to that St. Louis lineup. Uh, either behind or in front of Paul Goldschmidt, depending on uh, how the how the uh, orders uh, made by Mike Schilt. So that's another little takeaway. I mean, so far, so far, so good. It's been a good first week of the season. Um, a lot of teams are get a lot of teams are getting vaccinated. Uh, I saw the Yankees yesterday. I believe they became the fifth team to reach the 85% threshold where in two weeks after that threshold's reached the protocols for, you know, the COVID-19 protocols get relaxed a little bit. And that's good because then there's going to be less outbreaks, you know, l you know, less reason to shut down the game and also the possibility of more fans in the building. You know, we saw a full house in Texas for their opening day on Monday. And you know what? Every team has the right to make their decision. If they wanted to sell out, you know, that's fine. It, you know, it looked great. It felt nice to see. You know, whether you think whether it was the right decision or not, you know, uh, that's up to you to up for you to decide. You know, to me, I I think it was I think it was a tad soon to do that, but it it did look nice to see. You know, I'm watching the Mets game from earlier today on DVR. Uh, I think we'll speak of that controversial ending because it, it's it's something that's probably got to change because, you know, I'm not a big fan of what's happened with the replay in baseball and, and all of that. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But, you know, in terms of fan attendance and the vaccination, you know, the more the more we not just as not, not not just the players but not, as we as people get vaccinated the better of a chance we can keep increasing the capacity at these games you know 8011 was the max capacity for today's Mets Marlins game at City Field for the home opener for the Mets and you know it, it's nice to see fans back in the stadium 
I, I really do not miss cardboard cutouts. They were a crock of you know what. But hey, I mean, if you if you if you paid for your your face to be at City Field last year with the cardboard cutouts, you know, then then, then that might be something special to you, and you can you know probably you probably got it back, and you know it can be near and dear to your heart, but. You know, it's just so it's so nice seeing fans back at the stadium, and you know, I know each team and state are deciding what the proper protocols are, and you know how many they can allow. Um, I know the the Rockies are like at forty percent right now, Dodgers are like at thirty percent, Angels the same. So I mean, everybody's got their own, everyone's got their their own opinions and their own protocols, state by state. So. It's it's just very it's very refreshing to see fans back at the stadium and and I'll tell you, even eight thousand City Field sounds loud, especially when you're talking about, you know, you know it, it won't be as opposed to the forty eight thousand that would normally fill City Field on an opening day, but you know eight thousand sure feels nice when you went a year without seeing fans in the stands, that's for sure. Um. So I, so to, one of the other things that I was happy to see was, you know, the Mets. I mean, obviously the Mets finally getting going, but the fact that Francisco Lindor, you know, who got that three hundred and forty-one million dollar contract from the Mets, you know, when after he came over from the trade, just how much of a leader he is and. You know, it's been great watching his defense so far, and you know, so far he's he's paying some dividends. You know, the Mets right now are two and two. They did win today on opening day at City Field after losing two out of three to the Phillies, and the Phillies have been a nice surprise. They've they've played pretty well. Um, you know, it's just it's crazy to see a star player in New York get a contract of that caliber because it's not something we're used to. The largest previous contract was David Wright, $138.5 million. And that was it. That They literally almost tripled that number. So, all in all, it's been a good first week of the season. Um, like I said, with the vaccinations, the more teams reach that 85% threshold, uh, the less outbreaks there are going to be. And it will prevent these shutdowns. I know they had, they've already scheduled the makeup games for the Mets lost series against Washington. Uh, there is a date in June, I believe, and then there's a mutual off day, and then there's another doubleheader in September. So that's kind of how they'll end up making these games up. But again, those are going to be seven inning games, and you know, and I can't, you know, and I can't stand these seven inning games. So. So, and it was nice to see Mike Trout his third home run of the season today. Uh, apparently, he said he had a bad year. You know, he said he had a bad year last year and you know, fixed something in his swing. Look out, league. I mean, it's just almost like it's almost it almost feels like he's ready just to win another MVP. And hey, if the Angels are in playoff contention, and you know, so far so good for the Angels. Their pitcher, their pitching has been a little bit better than I expected. You know, I knew it would be a little. Imp I knew it would be improved, but 
If for the Angels, I just didn't know how much, how far it's going to carry them, and I still don't know. You know, it's you know it's the first week of the season, and you know they are in game number. Let's see, Angels are four and two. They're in game number six. They're off today. I'm sorry, they're playing the Blue Jays as we speak. Um, you know, it's still too early to tell. Um, the only guy I could really trust in that pitching rotation is Dylan Bundy. He came off a good year. You know, they're hoping Quintana proves to be a good, worthy pickup. Can't say I think. Can't say I think Alex Cobb will do that great, but you know, we'll you know we'll see. We'll we'll see where it goes, and um, you know, we're off and running. It's the first week of the season. Um, normally, we'll do Wednesdays and Sundays. I was actually out yesterday, so you know. So not out, out. Like I was spending the day with my parents, as it was my it was my father's sixtieth birthday. Um, just a relax, just a relaxing day at my parents' house. Not nothing crazy. I'm not, I'm not somebody look who does goes out and does crazy things even pre pandemic. So you don't got to worry about me, uh, doing anything stupid out there. But uh, you know we're off and running. We're one week into the season. Like I said, we'll do shows on Wednesday and Sunday. Those are two days. Uh, that I am off and not driving the Amazon delivery truck. So um, those are always the best days, the nice relaxation days. So we'll make those two podcast days, and we'll kind of wrap. We'll kind of wrap things up as you know. You know the the end. Of the you know, Wednesdays will be like your wrap up of the weekend, and you know in the early portion of the week, and then Sundays will wrap up. You know the late later portions of the week. And into the weekend, and that'll that'll give us plenty of content for the season as you know as we continue on and go through this long 162 game season. So I mean, I don't know if I should do this because you know we're only doing this twice a week. It's not like we're doing a daily thing. MLB.com has this thing called Beat the Streak, and you know it's something I love playing, and. I've been off to a bit of a shaky start because I've been like this every other day thing where, you know, one day I'll get my two players to get a hit. The other day they don't. And then, you know, my streak goes back to zero. So the deal with that is, you know, you have to pick a player or two. You're allowed to double down and pick two players. If they each get a hit, your streak goes up to two. If they don't, even if just one gets a hit, your streak resets to zero, or stays at zero if you didn't, if you didn't build up. So I love playing that, and you know, yesterday I was successful with Paul Goldschmidt and Jose Abreu. They were one for five each. Today I picked Mike Trout and Whit Merrifield, and Whit Merrifield, despite a complete game shutout from Lance Lynn, who allowed five hits. Uh, Whit Merrifield was one of the five hits. And then Mike Trout is three for five tonight. He, like I said, he had his third bomb of the season earlier in the evening. And so my streak's going to go up to four. First time I've had a little bit of consistency. But one final note. Uh, we'll talk about Lance Lynn because, I, you know, I don't know where to set the over-under number at in terms of complete games. I I'll I'll do I'll do ten and a half. You know, will there be more than ten? You know, will there will there be more than ten and a half complete games? 
Will it be under that or will it be over that? My guess would say it's under because you see what they do with these pitchers, and I can't I can't stand some of the the analytics about the up downs. And I heard that term uh, from Met manager Luis Rojas uh, when discussing Jacob Degrom on opening day and him being taken out after seventy seven pitches in the uh, first game of the season on Monday. And, you know, he pitched six innings, six brilliant innings, just struck out Harper to end the sixth, had retired nine in a row, and was cruising. And you think, oh, he could go off for at least another, maybe get him to 90-95. Now, they're saying because of the 10-day layoff, and you know, he was supposed to pitch Thursday on opening day, he gets pushed back to Monday, I guess. I, 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 just, don't, I just don't like seeing some of these low pitch counts. And it's almost making the starting pitcher obsolete. You know, starting pitcher wins and losses just don't really matter anymore. But it's becoming even more obsolete these days because guys are taking out, being taken out with such a shorter pitch count. You know, and in this Met game here, um, Nick Neidert, the starting pitcher for the Marlins, he got taken out in the fifth inning uh, with one out in the fifth. Uh, granted, he was in the mid-80s. And if he was start, he was struggling and losing his command. He really didn't have much command. He had issued a bunch of walks today, and that's a situation I can understand. If a guy's struggling with his command, he doesn't really have his best stuff, and you see him fighting through it, and especially a young pitcher who uh, I believe was making his major league debut today, you can you can understand that. But but a guy who's a veteran who's been his eighth season in the big leagues and Jacob Degrom. Uh, there's no reason he couldn't have went out there and pitched the seventh. Now, does that mean they still win the game? I don't know. Trevor May didn't have his good stuff. It just would have probably skipped over over Miguel Castro, who ended up pitching a scoreless seventh inning that night. But you know, and I mean, and time and time again, the, the Mets hose Jacob Degrom. They continued the thirty-first time on Monday night. They blew a Degrom lead and and law, and he lost his chance at the W. Because the bullpen couldn't hold on to it, and, and that's just a, 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 a disturbing number for the best pitcher in baseball, and he continues to just dominate and just make things look so easy. I mean, that Philly lineup that had a good had a wonderful time over the weekend, beating up on Braves pitching, and did a great job beating up David Peterson on Wednesday. Uh, they the Phillies looked lifeless against the Jacob DeGrom. I mean, he makes most lineups look lifeless, but, you know, it just goes to show you that you need to maximize. You know, he gets to only play 33, 34 times a year, depending on the number, you know, depending on how the schedule lines up and how many starts he ends up making. you got to maximize those. You know, that's not even, you know, 34 starts in a season is only 21% of the team's games. So a fifth of just about a fifth of the team's games that DeGrom will take part in. You need to maximize each and every one of those starts. I get it if you don't want DeGrom to go to 110, 105, 110 on opening day. That's fine. You let him pitch the seventh inning. He probably gets up a little bit over 90, and you call it a day. It's okay. I'm okay with that on opening day. If it's a, if it's a midsummer's day in July and you're taking him out with 90 pitches. I question that a little bit because 
because now you're in the thick of things, and he's been throwing all season. So now you're now you're at the point where it's like, what the hell are you doing? And Luis Ross has made a lot of questionable decisions over the first you know week of the se- first four you know, for them it's four games of the season. And you know I worry about him because this is a team with playoff expectations and expectations to do uh, somewhat big things this year. So we'll see how that goes. You know, overall, it's been a great first week of the season. I've enjoyed watching every bit of this first portion of the season. Oh, and very last, you know, everything I, I keep thinking of something else before I try to sign off. Shohei Otani was, you know, despite the line, was very impressive on Sunday night. You know, he had the home run where he hit it 115 miles off the bat. You know, he was throwing 101 uh, with his fastball. Looked like he was losing it a little bit in that fifth inning. Uh, and got run over too, but um, yeah, it's, he's fine. He's been in the lineup hitting, and you know, I think he's somebody who you know he hasn't really pitched much the last couple of years since he really hasn't pitched much since 2018. So I under, he might him I understand the buildup, and he threw a lot of pitches. He threw like ninety, he threw like ninety ninety something pitches on uh, Sunday night. So, you know, I could understand the buildup with him. And uh, I think he's going to be something extremely exciting to watch as the season wears on. So happy first week of the season. Uh, We will talk to you on Sunday with a little bit of a recap of what's gone on during the weekend series. Probably do it in the evening again. That way we're really only watching Sunday night baseball and the weekend series have wrapped up. So I think that's going to be a good time. So we'll record um, not this late. It's 10.25 p.m. Um, We'll probably do more 7, 8 o'clock on Sunday. So for this episode, have a good night. We'll talk to you on Sunday night. And don't forget to download the Sakoa Media app. It's available for the iPhone. It's available available for Android. And there's lots of exciting action coming to the app fairly soon. Have a good night, people.